the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy New Year. Good to be back with you live after some time off between uh, Christmas and now. And uh, some of you are still off today, I've noticed, but uh, glad to be with you today. Anyway, we are back and looking forward to 2024 and this brand new year. So much going on this year. You know, the first elections happen in our presidential elections. The primaries happen in uh, two weeks, two weeks from today in Iowa. That'll, you know, say something or it won't. Who knows? And uh, we vote in California on March 5th. And your ballots will come in the mail uh, first week of February. I think you're going to get those. So you're actually only a month away from having a ballot in your hand. What on earth are you going to do with that? Uh, hopefully you're going to do something responsible with it and use it and use it uh, with some education behind your vote. Uh, How are you feeling about 2024? I mean, when you look out in the year, are you hopeful or are you pessimistic? Are you optimistic? Which really is the, uh, the, the, I should have said optimistic versus pessimistic. Hopeful? What's the opposite of hopeful? I don't know. Uh, Are you unhopeful, dishopeful, you know, not very hopeful? How do you feel? How do you feel about 2024? Does it feel like, hey, you know what? This is going to be a great year. You know, sometimes I have that feeling about a year. I actually feel better about it than I did a couple of weeks ago. I'm a lot more hopeful about it. But I think it's because I took some time just personally to go on some long walks and to uh, think about the fact as a believer, that Jesus is always in control. So I feel good about that, that whatever is going to happen, it's not outside of the plan of God, and I don't have to worry about it, even though I think that we're in for some tough times, that we're in for some difficulty in the world today. How do you feel about 2024? 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, you can call now, 888-528-2557 is the number. I was thinking about this, too, because one of my favorite songs is a song called Let's Face the Music and Dance. You know the song? It's an old song, written in 1936. Uh, First song by Fred Astaire, and then it was made popular by Nat King Cole and by Frank Sinatra. Here's a little bit of the Nat King Cole version. There may be trouble ahead But while there's moonlight and music and love and romance Let's face the music and dance Before the fiddlers have fled Before they ask us to pay the bill And while we still have the chance Let's face the music and dance Alright, so there you go. It's face the music and You know what it means to face the music? There used to be a game show called Face the Music, I think. I remember watching that as a kid. But, you know, when you face the music, when you say, I'm going to face the music, 
it means that there's something coming. There's something I got to deal with that's difficult. Maybe I have to fess up to my own mistakes that I've made. And I'm going to face the music and go apologize or do whatever I got to do. Or face the music is there's hard things coming and I just got to face that and prepare for it, right? Um, but what I like about this song, when I, and one of the reasons it's my favorite, it's a fun song and it's, it's, it's kind of fun to sing, but it was written in 1936 while the nation was trying to stay out of the world affairs and whatever Hitler was doing and whatever the uh, Japanese government was doing in overseas. And you you felt the war coming. And a couple of years go by and the war is happening in Europe and America is trying to stay neutral or stay out of it as much as possible. But most people seem to understand that hard times are coming. And that's always true, right? There's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. And if you continue in the song, it says, you know, soon we'll be without the moon humming a different tune. And then there may be teardrops to shed. So while there's moonlight and music and love and romance, let's face the music and dance. You know what I love about it? I love it that this song is about, hey, we know that hard times are coming, but today we're going to dance. Today we're going to listen to music. Today we're going to live. We're not going to ignore it. We know it's coming. I don't think the song is saying to ignore it or to don't prepare or don't do anything. I don't think it's saying, I don't think it's saying be ignorant. But I also think it says you got to live your life and you have to enjoy your life today. And I like that. I played that for my kids. I made them listen to it uh, yesterday in the car. And uh, they have no idea really why. But, you know, I'm looking at this year and, you know, we have some pretty serious things that could happen, although maybe they won't. But, you know, I would say this election will be tumultuous, wouldn't you say? That's probably true. Uh, It's already begun, right? Donald Trump's – he's not really off the ballot anywhere, by the way. If you read what the Colorado court said and what the secretary of state in Maine, they kicked Donald Trump off the ballot in Maine. You know, it's the news. But actually, in both cases, they said, well, he's off the ballot unless the Supreme Court uh, decides otherwise. So he's not off the ballot yet. They actually didn't kick him off the ballot. It's pending whatever the Supreme Court says, which means particularly for uh, the secretary of state of Maine that it's meaningless. It does. It's he's off the ballot unless they say he's on. Well, that's going to be true anyway. You don't have to make a statement. You know what are you doing? Uh, what you doing is you're you're buying political you know credibility with people. But that whole subject, the fact that the Supreme Court will already be involved with the presidential election, right? That's going to create a lot of anxiety. And probably, however they determine that, or some other issues that are already in front of them, people are going to say, well, they've interfered in the election. Whichever side wins or loses, right? There's going to be that. That's a lot of tension in our country. You know, how do you feel about 2024 and how do we deal with it? What's coming? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year, Chris. You know, you got to check out the version that Diana Krall did of that song. It's so amazing, very current and very romantic. It really sweeps you up. Hmm. But, um, I really, I, I kind of dial into that song as well. I have a very good friend of mine. That when we were talking about all the crazy things, wars and rumors of wars and all that stuff happening around the world, his motto is bring it home. And what it, that means, what he means by that is don't live your life out there where all the tumultuous things are taking place that really you can't do anything about. You have no influence over, but you can certainly be riled up by all of it. And bring it home means live your life person to person 
intimately with the people that you're actually rubbing shoulders with. Because that's where you can really make a difference in somebody's life. That's where you can make a difference for yourself. And that's where if you determine to be a fountain of joy and a fountain of hope, the people that are right next to you are the ones that are going to get wet with that. Mm. And if you do that enough, and if enough people do that, you can kind of transform society person by person and not get swept up in the tidal forces of world events. I yeah. love that. You know, and, and the thing is about that is that, Chris, that is, has always been true. And it's something I think in our in our global media world today, you know, we'll talk about issues on this show all the time that, that actually we have very little influence over on the grand scheme of things. Right. Um, and I had so many conversations this past couple of weeks that led to well, what do we do about that? And the truth is, is that there are things to do. You need to go vote. You need to vote intelligently. There's things to do. But what you just said is right, is that the influence that we have to change the world actually comes within our own relational world. The people that yeah. are in, that in the Bible, in Greek society, it's called your oikos. Uh, and it's the your oikos. If you're a sociologist, you use that term to mean people that you spend an hour or more with a week. I saw that definition one time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, biblically, it's it is your family, your friends, your coworkers, the people that you do life with. Uh, that your influence is there. And Jesus, when he gives the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, you know, don't hide your lamp, your light under a bowl, but let it shine to everyone in the house. He's not talking about you know some kind of Jesus feng shui and decorating your house. The word house there is oikos. It means let your light shine to your oikos, which they would have understood in that culture to mean the people in your relational world, the people that you know. Because yeah. those are the people that you influence. You, don't, you probably have very little influence over people you don't know, right? Um, but right. You, everybody has a lot of influence with the people that they do know. You know, the proof of that, there was a, I saw a meme on Facebook earlier that was um, dictating the philosophy of Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, Charlie Brown, all that. And I can't remember it word for word, so I'm going to paraphrase. And basically he said, let me ask you a couple questions. Can you name the last five Heisman Trophy winners, the last three um, uh, Nobel Peace Prize winners? And he went on to a, a number list, and I couldn't think of a single one, yeah. let alone five. Right. So he says, can you think of a teacher that really influenced your life as a kid? Can you think of three friends that really make a difference when you talk with them? And, of course, the names just pop into my mind right away. Mm. And that's the proof. It's those people that are shoulder to shoulder, breathing the same air as you are. Those are the ones that are really swinging a heavy weight. And that's where the power is. Look at Pastor Scott. You've got this bully pulpit that broadcasts like a flamethrower out of that radio station. But I'll bet you the real power is with your son, it's with your wife, and the intimate friends that you know. Those are the ones you really score with. That's correct. And, and the, you know, for people who are listening, you might take something you get out of the show or something else you hear on the station and you use it, but they're going to remember you for it, not the place, not the Pastor Scott show where you might have stolen it, which I give you full permission. Yeah by the way. In, in the, the world of, of Harvard presidents getting uh, plagiarizing, you know, I give you full permission. And I'm saying that because I'm going to steal what you just said, the Nobel Prize thing. I think that's brilliant. Who knows the Nobel Prize winners? Nobody. But you can name some teachers that impacted your life. Uh, that's huge. 
Chris, thanks for calling yeah. the Pastor Scott Show. Appreciate that. God bless, you, uh, God bless you and Happy New Year. 888-528-2557. How are you feeling about 2024? Uh, Robert and Fallbrook, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How you doing, Pastor? I'm good, Happy Robert. New Year. Happy New Year. Listen, I, I, uh, I just want to add to the fact that, yes, we know that God is in control and Whoever makes it to the White House as our new president, well, it was basically what God wanted to happen for whatever reason. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the Christian nation is working basically for God. And we need to do our due diligence and look at what's been happening in this country and say to ourselves, do we want more of this? Or can we go somewhere else to somebody like President Trump? And although he may not be the, uh, a good Christian, I don't know. Uh, a lot of what you hear is not true. Some of it is. But one thing we do know, he was very successful as President of the United States. Definitely a lot more successful than President Biden. And I just feel as though this is our chance to make a big difference for God. And we're tools of God. And you know, Robert, let us. me let me ask you this question, kind of in light of the conversation that I just had with the last caller. I don't know if you heard that with Chris. You know, we, we put a lot of attention on the, the presidential election. But how much of what happens in between Trump and Biden affects us as much as what's happening locally with our school boards or with our county? You know, wouldn't you say, I, I think one of the lessons of COVID is that we can do a whole lot more locally if we're paying attention to that. In a similar way, you, you have more influence with the people you know than with the people you don't know. I mean, maybe there's, uh, you know, when you ask the question, why are we doing that? So many of the decisions don't come from the president. They come from, you know, the unelected health person in charge of your county. Uh, yeah, I, I heard a... I heard that call, and there's no reason why we can't do both. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I would encourage people to be thinking about, you know, the the local things especially, because I think those things get ignored, and I think there's an awful lot of influence that, that happens there. Um in all that. So, but do you look at this year well, optimistically? You know, not necessarily I'm even optimistic. with elections, but I'm optimistic you're optimistic. Always, Pastor. All right. I think I'm, I'm always optimistic yeah. because God's in control. All right. And I think that's and a great, so, a great way to put it is God's in control. Robert, I want to go into the next call. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How do you feel about 2024? Are you optimistic, pessimistic? Are you hopeful? How are you feeling? 888-528-2557. Joe in Anaheim, welcome to the Pastor Scott show. Well, Pastor Scott, I'm a first-time caller. All right, I'm going to give you the uh, the first-time caller <laughs> fanfare. Hold on. I have this computer in front of me, and I can't find them. There it is. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Well, I think you're awesome. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm a cab. I'm I'm a cab driver down here in Orange County, 20 years. So that that tells you how much I listen to your yeah. radio program. But uh, anyway, I'm pessimistic. You're pessimistic about 2024. So what does that mean to you? 
Well, I've been a born-again Christian 33 years, and I know the prophecies, and almost none of the prophecies are good except that the gospel will be preached in all the nations as a testimony, and then the end shall come. And by so good, you mean that I'm, they're uh, prophesying yeah. hard times. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. And, and and here's the bit. My main point is I've had a sick feeling in my gut for the last year concerning 2024, and I know we're only two days into it, but I, I have never looked forward to a year like I have this year, and I'm 61 years old. So you're looking so, I mean, forward to it, though. What does that mean, being that yeah. you're pessimistic? Does that mean you're actually optimistic? Well, it's because I love Jesus Christ with all my heart, and that's a fact. Born again, spirit-filled. And I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah. And I know we're, in, we're not just in the end times. We're at the end of the end times. And I just think this year is going to be a total disaster. All right. So you that, think I, that, that 2024 <laughs> will be the ultimate dumpster fire <laughs> uh, you know, it, that's well said. That's exactly what I think. All right. All right. Could be, Joe. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. But still, you know, he still understands that, that whatever the year is going to bring, it could bring some hard stuff. And I think we have to be prepared for that. I don't think that means you got to be, you know, pessimistic about the world. Maybe this is the end of the end times. Could be. But maybe the end times aren't coming for a long time. Maybe this is the beginning of a revival. Maybe people are going to wake up to some of the craziness that we've been dealing with. That could happen this year. Who knows? 888-528-2557. How do you feel about 2024? What do you think's coming? 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Santos in Lake Elsinore. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. God bless you, Pastor. Good, good afternoon. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Santos. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a, I don't have reception. Actually, I cannot hear 99.5 FM in the area, but I'm driving right now. I'm in Riverside right now. Um, so I, I just wanted to put an input on this topic. And like one of the brothers said, he's very optimistic. I'm very optimistic because I know the Lord's in control. But um, but talking about uh, this election of politicians, um, I was going to say, that unfortunately, uh, on last elections, that, that 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 wasn't right. That was not fair because um, we were going. I mean, I'm I'm already a citizen. I participate in elections, but um, the past uh, presidential election it was a fraud. And why I say that? Because I'm from Latin America country, and um, and the way we were voting before here by just checking uh, the, the book, the, the guide. The voting guide that, that we receive in the mail, and then we go with the scanner. We just checked every circle. Uh, last election was totally different. It was like one of those third world countries with those large ballots. Whoever is counting those, they can read whom we're voting for, and and they can kind of decide either to count it or or just throw it away. So if uh, if the the other party, Republican party, they don't put hands on, they don't they don't really pay attention if. Is the elections are going to be the same because the left changed the machines and they changed the ballot too. Do you think is, that, is that this gonna... year, like whatever happens, either side, do you think that whoever yeah. wins or loses is going to say that the election is uh, fraudulent? If it's if 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 it's uh, stay the same as the previous election, if it, we don't go back to with the scantrums, um that the machine would would take care of the counting. Uh, then, then chances are, yeah, chances are that, yeah, it's going to be a fraudulent election. Yeah. So, well, a lot of people, I, 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 I think uh, that mm-hmm. you that 
there is a lot of thought. I kind of think that whoever wins and loses, the other side is going to say somebody cheated somehow. That's happened the last two elections. People forget, you know, there was no riot at the Capitol but in 2016, but, uh, you know, the Russians did it. And you can go back and read all of that. There's still people saying that. Uh, I think we may have that again. Um, Santos, God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. How are you feeling about 2024? Optimistic or pessimistic? It doesn't have to be just about the election. You know, we'll talk, we'll get into the election. We got voting coming up. And, you know, for sure, what I'm going to say, you know, to us is that we need to vote um, and be educated. And whatever questions we have about ballots or whatever people might want to be doing to cheat and stuff, you probably can't control that. You can vote. Uh, and you can't control what people think. You know, I think people are going to think it no matter what. And part of that is uh, that we probably should fix the system, but we're not doing that either. But in the meantime, what can we do? Um, and even outside of the election, you know, how are you feeling about 2024? Is it, are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? Are you hopeful or do you despair? I had to Google it. What's the opposite of hope? Uh, despair. Uh, when we come back, Daphne, I'll take your call and others who are waiting on hold. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on each and every day from three to five right here on the station. So uh, join us, set your alarm to join us. You can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show, and you can get the podcast. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. How are you feeling about 2024? Are you optimistic or pessimistic? What's the, what's the sense that you have? New York Times this morning I uh, had a story about the pocket Chinese almanac that says 2024 is going to be a dumpster fire. I'm not sure how that translates from the Chinese, but that's basically what it says. <laughs> and uh, there's all this prediction in there and astrology and other things in it. And, uh, you know, I don't think you I'm very skeptical when people are making predictions of this, because I think that there's clearly there's, there's all kinds of tumult that could happen this year. Right. I, I think that that's not hard to predict. Whenever somebody's making prophecies about things or predictions, you know, they always tend to be towards where the odds are headed. Right. That's uh, kind of how you or there are things that are, un, you know, they're always true, you know, and depending on your your perspective of it. Right. There's things that will, you know, I think I could prophesy 2024 will be a year of protests and political tumult and accusations from the left and right about the destruction of our country. And you know what? I would be right, but it doesn't make me a prophet, right? Because everybody knows that. You got to be careful when people are, you know, prophesying. That's how those guys, the sneaky ones, they do it, right? They they tell you stuff and you're amazed. Like, oh, how does he know that? What a genius. He must be hearing from God. And then he tells you something completely bad and you follow it and uh, you're in trouble. Be careful out there. But, you know, the feeling that you get, how are you feeling about 2024? What are your thoughts? 888-528-2557. Daphne in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. First time caller. Welcome, Daphne. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Um, Such a great question. For me, I am hopeful, and I trust that hopeful is synonymous with optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I've gotten to a point in my life, my Christian life, wherein I am zooming in on the spiritual life. Um, I think I've spent a lot of time trying to bring a spiritual dynamic to the human side versus understanding I'm spiritual. It's, I'm spirit, it's spirit first. I'm spirit having a humanistic experience. And so I'm just really excited about what God is going to reveal to me, uh, more so about himself. And then whatever he reveals, may I receive it, and it becomes more of a transformative life for me. So you're, you're saying that you're seeing the world more from a spiritual side rather than just what's in the news or what's happening. That is correct. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a biblical way to, to look at it, that, you know, God is doing something. You know, one of our last callers pointed that out, that, you know, God is the one who ultimately is working through however our elections turn out or however events happen in the world. Um, and when you, when you can trust that, you're going to be more optimistic. That is correct. Yeah. So what do you think about this year? You're feeling uh, you're feeling more optimistic because, you know, God's in control. I th- yes, not only because I know that God is in, is in control, but it's also the transforming of the mind. We're called for our we're called to have our minds transformed. And so the transformation part is what do you do with the information? Do you let the information that you receive put you in fear? Or do you let the information that you receive transform you into the image of God himself and your spots, your, your, the places that you show up? Darkness is there, more than likely, but you're that light. So do you have faith and hope and trust in that God is going to give you the opportunity to speak to someone in the light, in his light, and remove the darkness, the heaviness? fear. Yeah. You know, there's, there is a lot of fear and I think a role for believers in any time, but maybe especially for us right now is to realize that we don't have to be afraid because we have a savior. Exactly. And we are, I feel like our spiritual lives as for believers, I'm speaking for believers specifically, there's a danger in how fear of what's happening in the world, how that becomes part of who you are, how part of how you make decisions. Mm. You are making decisions more so out of fear than you are in the faith in the God that you believe in. Yeah, and I think especially how that translates into how we treat other people, uh, that matters yes. a lot, right? Because yes. what we're here to do yes. is let people know about Jesus. That's our goal. And and the worst thing that's going to happen to you if you're a believer in Jesus is you'll die and go to heaven one day, be with Jesus. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, all right. But then how you, again, how you take information, it, 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 does, it does impact how you treat people. Yeah. And I think that's what we're missing in our political conversations. Mm-hmm. Policies and laws don't change people. Right. How, and how we treat people also helps us get to better policies and laws if we can listen to people. And if we can 
you know, push away things that are just sort of fluff or other bad philosophies and say, well, what really is going to be something that works? And uh, exactly. you can't do that if you're not kind. Daphne, thanks for uh, the past, for calling the Pastor Scott Show and listening. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How you feeling about 2024? Are you optimistic? Or are you pessimistic? Hopeful? I think that, you know, one of the things that we hear from callers, and I like it when we get a lot of people calling in because it drives us back to something that is always true, is that there are big issues in the world, but most of it we can't really control, at least as individuals. But we do have a lot of impact on the people who are in our life. And how we treat people matters a lot. And the way you look at the world, your worldview, and even your perception of where we're going, it matters. You know, optimism is not something that is about not being realistic, okay? I'm optimistic. I like to be optimistic. I think, I think that Christianity is expressed in optimism. That's how it works, all right? Pessimism, which is the opposite, is a tendency to see the worst aspect of things or believe that the worst will always happen. Um, but optimism is a disposition or a tendency to look on the more favorable side of events or conditions and to expect the most favorable outcome. That isn't to say that, hey, I think uh, 2024 is going to uh, just be a glorious year, uh, you know, and not have any problems. It's probably going to have a lot of problems, and I think we should be prepared for that. I think we should be, but the way you prepare is not to be prepared in fear, in in how I'm going to, um, you know, cause harm to somebody else, but instead to say, hey, 2024, it might be a dumpster fire. That uh, Chinese almanac that says it's going to be a dumpster fire, it might be true. They might be correct. It's not hard to look at 2024 with what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening in the Red Sea today with our ships being fired upon and we're firing on those, what's what's happening at the border, what's happening in our cities, what's happening in our politics, all of that. It's not difficult to look at the year and go, ah, dumpster fire. But what do you do about it? Well, yeah, you you vote and you care about policies. You know, I, I would hope that's something that we do as people is we care a lot more about policy than about people, you know, especially in the local races. The local races matter so much. I can't even begin to tell you how important those all that stuff at the bottom of your ballot. It matters so much to how you live your life and to what's happening with your kids and what's happening in the bigger area. But you can deal with it optimistically. Optimistically doesn't mean that you don't think hard times are coming. It says that you know that there's a way to navigate through it. And that's something that I think, even in our own personal life, maybe has nothing to do with what's in the news. You might be going through something right now, and you're wondering, how am I going to get through this? Well, optimism is a disposition that says, I can get through this because I can do anything with Christ who strengthens me. You know, and if you're not going through a hard time right now, you will eventually. All of us do, right? We are all going to experience death of loved ones. We're going to experience tragedies. We're going to experience hardship. There's all kinds of things that are going to come upon us that we do not expect. And it can be financial. It can be emotional. There are things. Optimism is the the disposition that you have that says, you know what? Um I realize that my hope is in Christ, not earthly things or even success in ministry things, right? Even success in doing the things that God wants me to do. I'm saved by faith, not by my good feelings or my good works. Optimism is not just cheerful thoughts without reason, but 
and it's not something that's opposed to realistic expectations about the world. Um, it's something that says, you know what, it's wise to say that the Word of God is true, and it tells me that I can navigate through things. It tells me that my enemy is not flesh and blood, that there is a spiritual enemy, that I need to care about my enemy and their ultimate salvation, that my goal as a Christian is to make disciples and to represent Christ, even to the people who don't like me very well, even to the people who uh, I don't like. You know, you have, uh, I use the word oikos, and uh, I learned that from a mentor. And he says, you know, he encourages everybody, and I encourage you to do the same, is list out the people in your oikos. Who do you work with? Who do you go to school with? Who are your neighbors? Who are the people that you interact with on a regular basis? That's your oikos. That's who you, that's who you influence more than anybody else, those people. Uh, and for some people, you got to be careful because you want to just list maybe like people you want to pray for or people you like, but the people in your life aren't necessarily uh, people that you like or people that like you. And he, he said that one person came up to him and said, I listed the uh, 15 people in my oikos and uh, I don't like them and they don't like me. I'm going to call it my anoikos, which is fine. You might have an anoikos. It doesn't matter. God has called you to love them anyway and to make disciples of those people. And uh, maybe you'll be persuasive or maybe they will persuade you. And uh, that's a pretty that's a pretty interesting thing that can happen uh, with all of this stuff and a humble thing for us to do. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You could subscribe to the Pastor Scott Podcast, Pastor Scott Show Podcast. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow right now. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. California ringing in the new year with a new law that forces some retailers to introduce a gender-neutral toy section or face a fine. Any store with over 500 employees must have a display for these items. If they do not comply, they could be fined $250 for the first violation and $500 for each violation after that. A lot of new toys went, or a lot of new toys, a lot of new laws went into effect uh, yesterday in California, including this one that uh, major retailers can't, it's not for everybody, but it's if you have over 500 employees, you're talking about Target, Walmart, uh, big places like that. Major retailers have to, in California, have to have gender neutral, toy, gender neutral toy aisles. So you can have boys and you can have girls, but you also have to have gender, gender neutral. I think that's how it is. Or are you supposed to get rid of the, gen, the boys and girls and just put everything in the same place? I don't even know how it works. And the... Have you been into one yet? 888-528-2557. Supposed to be in place. I should go into the, uh, I live by a Target or something. I should go in there, Target or something. I don't know. It's one of those. And it's got a sign on it. And I go in there and I'll buy something and leave. Uh, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. What I understand from the bill, which was passed in 2021 uh, by a vote of 49 to 16. So not close, by the way to requires stores to, quote, maintain a gender-neutral section or area to be labeled at the discretion of the real retailer. So do you label it or do you just put it somewhere where it's not boys and girls? And what is it? 
The law was inspired uh, and put forward by California Assemblymember Evan Lowe uh, because an eight-year-old girl, he claims, says, why should a store tell me what a girl's shirt or toy is? I don't believe for a second that an eight-year-old anybody said anything like that. I think that if you are an eight-year-old boy or girl and you want to wear some other kind of outfit, you just go over there and you point it out and you say, I'll take that. Anyway, um, what are gender-neutral toys anyway? I, there's nothing that prevents you from buying a uh, Barbie doll if you're a boy. I mean, your dad might, but uh, uh, if you're a girl and you want to play with boys' Legos, there's boys' Legos and there's Legos that are targeted towards girls that you see out there. But I don't think there's anything that says you can't go and do that. I Googled it. You know, what are things? And they said like outdoor things like trampolines. Okay. I guess that's what, so I guess you'll find the trampolines in the gender neutral aisle because you wouldn't want to have boys and girls trampolines, I guess. I don't know. I don't get it. 888-528-2557. A lot of new laws to be aware of. One of them I didn't know. And uh, you can sell an ADU like a condo. Now, did you know that? You know what ADU is? It's a, what is it? Something, a uh, dwelling unit, accessible dwelling unit, or it's one of those things you put in the back like a granny flat. And you can build a a separate room outside and you can buy them relatively cheap. And now you can sell them like a condo. Does that mean if you've got one of those in your backyard that you can now sell it for a million dollars and let somebody live in it? And they're they're like in your backyard, though. Um, but that's being done. It's Assembly Bill 1033. It allows Californians to buy and sell ex- accessory dwelling units. I should have just read that part. Accessory dwelling units, known as granny flats, as condominiums. Does that mean you can sell it to grandma? And why is it not a grandpa flat? That's what I want to know. I, there should be gender-neutral granny flats. And I guess today it doesn't matter because a grandpa can become a granny. You know, who's to say grandpa is not granny? Apparently you can't. And grandpa can be also <laughs> – never mind – uh, 888-528-2557. Uh, I find that really interesting, though. So you can build. A lot of you, you're, the wheels are turning in your head right now. you got this big backyard that not too many people in uh, Southern California have. And now you're thinking, I can build one of those things that I see at the mall for $50,000 and drop it in my backyard and sell it as a condo. And wouldn't that mean that you're actually selling the land that you've put it on and all but uh, somebody can live there and you can sell that for what? What would a one-bedroom ADU go for that's like 500 square feet or 300 square feet? It's in California, in Los Angeles, Orange County, that's got to be, or San Diego, that's got to be uh, four or $500,000 for that thing. Huh. It can't be that. But they're doing it because uh, there's so many, uh, such a shortage of housing, of course, causing those things to be for sale like a condominium. How many people are going to go buy a $500,000 ADU in the back of some dude's backyard? I don't know. Uh, It'll be harder to find gas-powered yard tools. Assembly Bill 1346 uh, is phasing out the small gas-powered engines. I suppose I'm happy about that because of the, uh, you know, the leaf blower guy outside my window on any day that uh, I want to sleep in past 7 o'clock. Have you had the electric uh, power tools? You ever have one of those... uh, uh, Wilbert, have you liked it? Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of them. Are you? So what do you like? Uh, you know, it's cheaper because gas is so expensive now. Well, that makes sense. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, I had this electric lawnmower. It wasn't really mine, but it was. Uh, I was renting a house. And uh, the thing is, is it didn't have a battery. You had to plug it in. And it was a big yard, and you had to operate it like a vacuum cleaner. 
and you're carrying the cord and it gets all tangled up and it you know unplugs and you got to go over there. It, it became very annoying. Yeah, our leaf blower is electric. Yeah, does it? Uh, how long does it hold its charge? It, it lasts a pretty long time. I yeah. think it's been a while since I've charged it. It's been at least a couple of months. Does it work? It does. I think that's the big thing, right? Does it work? No, I mean, but also I'm one house, so I don't have to use it as much. But like yeah. a gardener or someone, I'm not sure how long it'd last for them. All right. Well, anyway, that is uh, one of the things that's happening. You might get a raise. Uh, the minimum wage in California raises by 50 cents to $16 an hour. Um, remember, and the fast food workers will see their wages rise to $20 an hour on April 1st. Um, which I pointed out whenever they did that, that actually for many fast food workers, your wages are going to rise to $0 an hour because you're going to get fired. And uh, Pizza Hut and some other people have already mentioned, already came out and said they're firing the delivery drivers that are like the in-house delivery drivers. And that's the reason. They're not going to pay you $20 an hour. So they're going to use the the food services like Grubhub and all of those those drivers. Some of them, I think, already are doing that. Uh, so you're going to pay, you're going to buy your pizza. Your delivery driver will not work for Pizza Hut um, as an employee. They will be DoorDash or something. And you will pay extra for the pizza and for the DoorDash. And uh, you got to make sure you leave that tip. No more 30 minutes or less. Yeah, they, they got rid of the, that's right. No more 30 minutes or left and you might be missing a slice. Probably should check that out when you order your pizza. I went into, uh, I, I'm happy to say or sorry to say, twice during the Christmas break, I ate at Taco Bell. Uh, I, the last time I ate at Taco Bell was last year on New Year's because the carnitas we were making just wasn't getting done. And the family that we brought over got hungry and they went and they bought one of those Taco Bell party packs. And that was our New Year's Eve. So I had not been in a Taco Bell forever. And I discovered this, that Taco Bell is firing the cashiers. Did you know that? There will be no cashiers. You have to order on that stupid kiosk. And what's weird is they're not putting them where the cashier or the cash registers are. That's where they should go because they're on the wall over by the bathroom or something. And you got to punch in your order on there and scroll through it and figure all that out. Am I sounding like an old man, you know, right now because of that? Joe Biden is very much alive. Well, good for him. Uh, he's going to go to Taco Bell and he's going to have to punch in his order on that thing. So I was in this Taco Bell. I took the kids, took the boys to uh, Magic Mountain. Um, and I had a great time, actually, over there. And uh, we went to Magic Mountain. We left because uh, we thought, okay, we're going to eat dinner outside the park. We're going to go to a restaurant. Where do you want to go? They said Taco Bell. All right. So I punched it up on the thing, Taco Bell. We go to a Taco Bell. And I go in. There's nobody in the store at all. No customers inside. There was a drive through line, you know, pretty busy. I get in there, and there's one employee sitting at a table on her phone. And I figured, well, she's on break. But I don't think she was on break because I go up to the register and I stand there for a minute. She gets up and comes around and tells me, I can't, you can't order from the register. You have to go over to the kiosk. Okay. So I go over to the kiosk and I do the order. And her entire job, it turned out, as we, we ate inside the restaurant, her entire job is to inform people that we can't take your order. You have to go to the kiosk. And every single customer was irritated. And uh, but that was her job. She sat at a, at a table on her phone, scrolling her you know her TikTok or whatever, and then she did it. So we have fired the the people who are doing who are taking the orders. There was only one poor guy in the kitchen making tacos, and he was working hard. Um, and then she was there to annoy everybody by saying you have to use the kiosk, and it takes everybody forever to use the kiosk. So there was at one point there's this long line of people trying to figure out how to use this kiosk. 
And I would say as far as kiosk goes, it was pretty good. You laid out pretty well. You know, there's another place I won't mention. Their kiosk is terrible. You can't order anything. You probably shouldn't be going there anyway. But uh, it was pretty good. But, you know, all that's to say is, you know, we with good intentions, we say, oh, these people should have more, uh, you know, higher wage. And you know what? People should have the ability, if you're working full time somewhere, probably to be able to live somewhere. I guess you could live in an ADU in somebody's house until now when now you have to now you can't rent it. You got to buy it. Uh, so you can't do that even on 20 bucks an hour. But what's actually going to happen is people are going to get fired. That's uh, what's going to happen is there will be less people working uh, otherwise, the place, the company is going to go out of business and then nobody will be working. Sometimes our intentions, often our intentions with these things have an effect that isn't what we want. Anyway, lots of laws to, uh, to take a look at uh, with all of that. My friends, we talked about you know, 2024 and whether we should be optimistic or pessimistic. And my answer is you should be optimistic always because that is where the Christian should be that our faith is an optimistic one. Our faith is one where you're saved by faith. You're saved by grace, not by good works, not by working hard, not by smiling more, not by knocking on doors, but by faith. Now, you should go out and serve people and love people and do the good works, but you do them because you're saved, not in order to get saved. You do them because you are to love people in the name of Christ and make disciples, and uh, not because you're, you're trying to earn the favor of God. You already have it. That was the message of Christmas, you know, on mankind, on whom his favor rests. You have the favor of God. He sent his son to live the perfect life that you can't live. And he died on the cross to pay the penalty for the spiritual angst and the sin that you've got. And uh, all you got to do is believe in him. And it's, if you believe truly, it does affect your life and it affects what you're going to do. So do that and live optimistically uh, in this world, even in a year that doesn't look too good as far as what might happen in the news. It's all good because the Lord's in control, and uh, we have a job to do. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. Great to talk to you today. Great to be back with you, and I'll be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. Follow me on social media right now at Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. Everybody have a good night. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.